Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, we're back. Um, our World of Pew podcast took a couple weeks off for the holiday. And before the big holiday of New Year's Day, we're back for a kind of a shorter kind of catching up episode. And I got Brandon here with me. How, how's it going, Brandon? No, it's going uh, great. Oh, man. Uh, busy last couple weeks. Um, you know, we did some best ofs and it just posted some stuff. Uh, how would you think about uh, well, Christmas, I guess? No, Chris, you know, uh, um, I got my wife a Peloton bike, so you're now talking to my ghost. You did? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> It'd be great for the show if you would pull that off. Come on. Uh, I, I'm not that clever, and I don't probably have the cash for it. Maybe Peloton sponsored us. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if Peloton would buy us all of our wife's bikes, it'd been great. But yeah. Oh, well, I mean, did you get to hang out with family? Did you, did you at least have a good time? Yeah, um, I was, well, you know, last week or so, um, the Monday before the, the before um, the week of Christmas, um, I, I'd start, I had gotten sick, so um went to urgent care the following day and um, um, got some medicine, and I was feeling a little bit better as the day went on, but I'm still, I'm still not even 100% right now, I'm probably like 99, actually, it's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, but no, otherwise I was able well enough to enjoy my Christmas. It was kind of a little bit different than normal. Um, had the mother-in-law over for breakfast, um, some, doing some gift giving there, and then heading over to my folks' place and um, celebrate Christmas with them um, as well. Um, and otherwise, after that, we kind of left a little earlier than usual there and um, headed home and. Um, played some ga- uh, board games that my wife got for me and uh, went to bed. Nice. Oh, nice. Um, so you were in the Columbus area, right? No huge traveling? Nope, no huge traveling. Nice, nice. Yeah, we we had a good time. Um, you know, we uh, had my my mom down for a couple days. Um, and then it was interesting. Uh, you know, mom's kind of going through some changes in life. Um and you know, it's always a venture of mom, but you know, we had we had some fun. I uh, got to hang out. Um, uh, boy, I don't know what I can say publicly, but I mean, we had a good time. Um, went to Wild Lights on Friday. Brandon, have you been to Wild Lights recently over the Columbus Zoo? I've been there, but not recently, maybe within the last couple of years or so. It's one of those things that you've gone to, and then after that, you're kind of like, man, I'd like to go again, but. <laughs> You just never find the time to do so. Well, it closes this weekend, and we haven't been able to go. We're we're big members of the zoo, and finally got to go. It was pretty good. 
I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of, it was fun. Lots of lights, lots of kind of neat things to do. And the weather was really great. So it was great. I mean, I guess the only bad thing, there was a million people there, it seemed like. But I don't know. <laughs> that was rough. But um, it, it was interesting. There was a story on uh, Channel 6 down here in the Columbus area uh, talking about how the Delaware County authorities were reporting um, 911 calls. Uh, being made complaining about the traffic around wildlights and you know they're saying hey look you can't you know that's not worthy of a 911 call but it, it was a it, it was an interesting time I, I i give it a plus i'm big i'm a big wildlife fan i mean again just traffic and you know that stuff kind of took away from it but i guess it was good because that man was a good event since a lot of people were going yeah we're uh, able to get out of hot dog Oh, what's that? Were you able to have any of the hot chocolate there? No, I missed that. Um, it's really good stuff they have. They oh, have hot chocolate there. So bear hot chocolate at, at the, the number places? Um, no, I mean, like, uh, it, it's one of the best. They often serve up pretty good hot chocolate items. I mean, I don't know if I can't rank it like, as the best, but uh, okay. but no, it's really good. I mean, that's always what I looked forward to when I went to Wildlights. We, we should have checked it out. Uh, we were trying to be cheap and, and thrifty, and sure. uh, we, we ended up eating afterwards. But, yeah, I wanted to try hot chocolate. My, my daughter's a huge fan of the hot chocolate, and we, we should have checked it out. But, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see it. But, yeah, if you guys are bored this weekend, definitely check out Wildlights. I think it runs through Saturday, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it should be – it was a pretty good event. And then, um, yeah, just to wrap up our big Christmas uh, time, um, on Saturday we headed back up to um, the Akron area, um, you know, just to hang out with uh, sister, brother. We dropped mom back off and, you know, had some good time just hanging out. Had fun. Uh, did you get anything fun for Christmas? Was there one thing that you – that stuck out, you know, from your wife or family or anything like that? Um, you know, we, um, oh, let's see. Um, yeah, it was really kind of a real laid back Christmas, really. Um, don't think we did met much in the way of games, uh, at my mom's. Um, yeah. What, what was your favorite Christmas present of any presents like that? It may not have been the most biggest one, but maybe the most meaningful one or, or, the most fun you have with one? Um, let's see. Uh, I would say like the uh, my wife got me some tickets to the uh, a beer a beer event. Oh, wow. um, at Coastside in March. So that'll okay, will be, be fun to go to a beer festival. Um, other than that, I mean, I got a lot of games. I got um board games from her. Uh, just um, oh, and I'm drawing a blank here. I found my white mother-in-law got me some nice dress shoes that I needed. Oh, nice. Uh, Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my mom always gets me sweets and, and, um, little knickknacks here and there, some, some movies and, um, yeah, nothing really sticking out other than that. We kind of went big this year. Um, 
family got a gift from another family member. Uh, too long of a story, but we were encouraged to use part of that gift on each other. So I got my wife tickets to a conference that she wanted to go to up in the Cleveland area for foster adoption later in the year. And she got me. And I, I feel embarrassed saying this, Brandon, because I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 in a week or two. And I still like playing video games from time to time. So uh, my wife got me an Xbox One and been kind of filling around with that a little bit. And um, it was a good Christmas. I, you know, it really was as much about the gifts, you know, the religious aspect plays a role in our lives. But also, too, just seeing family. Uh, it's good to kind of hang out with family. Uh, it's tough. We get so busy. We don't get to do that quite as often as we normally do. And it was just good to kind of catch up and hang out. Yeah. yeah. Good time. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, I, I got to tell you, Sunday, well, actually, Saturday night, I did not have a good time. Um, you know, we've been talking a little bit. Um, John is, isn't here right now. Hopefully, he'll be able to stop by a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, John, you and I have been talking football this year. I got my Ohio State sweatshirt on tonight. And, boy, Brandon, when it comes to Ohio State and the Steelers and the Browns, Terrible weekend. Uh, Saturday night, Ohio State lost to Clemson. I, Brandon, I know you're not a huge Ohio State fan, but, you know, it was the national semifinals. Were you able to check out the game at all? I, uh, I went over to a tailgate party for a little bit, and the okay. first half, you know, was a decent, not bad, decent first half from what I saw, but um, um, it seems like the issues came up with bad calls from the refs from what I've seen on Twitter. Um, it just... So it feels bad, feels bad, I guess, because we had such a good season. But at the same time, it doesn't feel as bad because they had a good season. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of um, – you want them to win, but um, at least they – I don't know. They didn't – the scoreline, when you look at the scoreline, it, it's not like a bad loss, I guess, is one way – the only way to look at it positively. Well, you – it was kind of disappointing. I mean, just from the fact, I mean, we had John Spencer on of USA Today, Today Network a couple weeks ago. And, you know, maybe we got way too ahead of ourselves, but we were talking possible national title. And, yeah, I mean, it's tough. And LSU and the other national semifinal game really um, beat up on Oklahoma. So I'm not sure if they would have won the national title if they got past Clemson. But it was kind of a shocking, abrupt end. I mean, we were all – Excited about Ohio State, and all of a sudden it was gone, you know. And um, Clemson's a pretty good football team, but you know, I know it kind of surprised a lot of people that the season, you know, finished as quickly as it did. Yeah, I mean, I think we were the better team on that field for against Clemson, but you know, yeah, it's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, it's funny. I wasn't feeling good Saturday. So we, we get back from the reunion, and I end up falling asleep on the couch. I wake up about 3 in the morning. I usually, like, run to my cell phone to see if, you know, Ohio State won or whatever game I was watching. But then I'm like, it was on, on replay on whatever channel it was. And I started to watch the game, and it was like, you know, 16 nothing I think, at one time. And I'm thinking, wow, Ohio State must have won that game. So I got tired. I'm like, you know, screw this. I'm going to watch SportsCenter. And I was shocked when I turned on SportsCenter. They were like, oh, it's LSU against Clemson in the, in the finals. So, 
Oh, I don't know. I, I got mad. I'm a humongous Ohio State fan, so I wasn't heartbroken. But, you know, a little disappointed. It was nice to see a local team, you know, go far. And it, was, it kind of stinks not uh, having the final game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a bummer, especially when, when Day had such a <clears throat> had such a season for his first year as a coach. Um, um, kind of hope to see how things turn around in the next season. And it, it was very strange that last Saturday was his first loss as a Buckeye head coach. Um, they lost last year one game, but that was Urban Meyer was the head coach. So, yeah, kind of see how they, you know, bounce back. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, speaking of Urban Meyer and Ohio State, um, the anti Buckeyes in terms of how well they did this year. The Cleveland Browns uh, finished off a really disappointing season yesterday. They lost the worst team in the league, Brandon. Uh, the Bengals, I think it was, what, 33-23, if I remember right? Um, and Freddie Kitchens uh, got in there. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even make it past the um, uh, the end of the day. Um, I don't know. Kind of shocking. Um Maybe Browns fans are expecting too much, maybe. But, you know, I, I think even me as a Steelers fan, a Browns, a person who doesn't like the Browns, I had no way of thinking they'd be 6-10. and 10. Kind of a surprising end for them. I think I saw someone's tweet today saying that the Browns had, at one point they had the leading rusher in NFL, um, some other uh, – um, Oh, some other statistic that was really like a good record one for in the league, maybe this season or something. Basically, they had a really talented team this year, and unfortunately, they have. The, you wouldn't know that based on the record at this year, but um, um, it seems like it's it's a it's such a tough mind prison we're in with with Browns. It seems like you know they want to have a they. I don't know what which what should they focus more on having a winning culture or I don't know having winning <laughs> you know um seems like well, culture, culture was their biggest biggest issue this year yeah and, and the strange thing about that is you know I I think it starts with your culture you have to have it but you know they've changed coaches they've changed players they've changed everybody around I mean the only guy that's been consistent in terms of actually being there with the team is the owner Jimmy Haslam I mean you know they've I I think I saw something this is going to be their ninth coach in the last 12 years which is crazy um you know and we'll talk about the Steelers in a second they, they stunk up the joint on yesterday but you know Steelers have had three coaches since 1969 the Browns have had nine in the last 12 years and you know it doesn't it doesn't mean keep your coach for 50 years and you're going to win every year. That's not the case. But having that consistency, having a, a good culture, having the same players around, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he didn't play for the Steelers this year because of his injury. But, you know, he's been the Steelers starting quarterback since I think it was like 03, 04, when, you know, how many quarterbacks have the Browns had in the last 15 years? I mean, you can't win when you just go through guys like crazy like that. You know, it's, it's amazing. But I think the Browns and they probably rightfully realized that, you know, Freddie Kitchens wasn't the answer. And, you know, if the guy's not the answer, you can't keep him around. Yeah. I know, I know. there was like, there's that other 
issue the prison lock. It's consistency. You know, like you don't want to seem, you know, you don't want to go through coaches. Like, I don't know. I mean, you want to find a balance between consistency. I think that's what I mean. Like, uh, you know, like what's, what's, what's the priority here? I mean, you know, do you want a, a team that wins every game? Like everyone does, everyone does, but you know, but, I guess. Do you want a team that, when they lose, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel awful? I don't know. Maybe that's that's the that's the thing they should be focusing on. Is we want to lose the right way. Um, maybe that's the focus they should have because, um, you know, and that way, because when you when you lose the right way, um, your uh, it might indicate the strength of your culture and your your locker room and all this all that mumbo jumbo. But because I think um, the one word that kept coming up with this team was just lack of discipline. Discipline was the word. So I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know what what else. I mean, other than, you know, it seems like the only approach they've come up with is, all right, let's hire, let's, you know, go back to firing coach, hire a new coach, fire a new coach, and see what happens. And maybe that's all an owner can do. I don't know what else an owner necessarily can do or how much involved they get with. With locker room or heck, I mean, on Twitter it was like, well, the Cowboys are, you know, might apparently fire their whole coaching staff at one point, and then that might not have been the case. It, it's just kind of um, interesting how um, a team's owner can, in fact, impact the culture of a team. Well, and the thing that shocks me, and you know, we talked football, but you know, you and I. Probably throughout all the time we've known each other, we've talked business and journalism more. You know, it's fun to me when you think about how many coaches the Browns have gone through. You know, in business, we all can make bad hires. You know, there's been bad hires that happen that just don't work out. I'm stunned to think of, and again, hiring journalists is different than hiring NFL head coaches. I know we're not talking exactly the same thing. But how do you strike out that many times in a row? Like you would think if you're hiring a journalist or if you're hiring a coach or if you're hiring a, I don't know, a vice president of sales or whatever the case might be. Yeah. I mean, for as good of a picker as you are of talent. Yeah. It may not work out. Maybe the person being interviewed wasn't completely honest or maybe, you know, we all make mistakes, but geez, I mean, it's been like eight straight times that they've had mistakes that have just, you know, went kafui on. I mean, I, I'm stunned how this has happened all these times in a row. I mean, I think that's the shocking thing about all the coaches that they picked. You know, I mean, they can't get one guy right out of eight. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. You know, um, it sounded like this year, what was sad about the tragedy this year, it seemed, it felt like, okay, we might have learned from our mistakes. At least, you know, Bradley seemed like, Okay, we we seem to be getting this. We're learning from our mistakes, and um, and yeah, <laughs> it seems like new, fresh ones came up. Um, yeah, um, I know I made a bold prediction when we were down. Da- when they were down, oh, I forgot what the um, I made a prediction they would win out the rest of the season. They won the next game, but then I think they lost the second. I think, of course, the one they lost. Uh, and then the question was, um. Uh, was um uh the Miles Garrett um yeah yeah but, I mean, 
But there was a point of the season, and I think that it was about when you had that conversation, where if you looked at the rest of the season, the only game that you would think of was a loss was Baltimore, which happened last week, because the Ravens were so good. But, you know, man, you look at the end of the year, I mean, the Browns lost to the Bengals. They've only won one game beforehand. The Browns lost to the Cardinals. So, I mean, they lost some really weird games. And, you know, at the time that you said it, it looked like the Browns could have won out because, you know, their, their schedule looked good and everything else, and they, they just couldn't put together. And, you know, it, it was just shocking. And now there's also reports of, you know, John Dorsey. And as we say that, we welcome in John Reed. Hey, John, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, you're a little muffled. You might want to get a little closer to the mic. I'll do that. All Let right. See my beautiful skin and, you know. My smile, the twinkle in my eye. Beautiful skin. What? <laughs> Are you using Neutrogena? I don't know what it was, but it was over at my mom's house tonight. We just came back from, uh, well, I just came back from Christmas at mom's. So my apologies for being late. And uh, howdy to everyone out there. So. Uh, but what are you guys doing at your mom's? I mean, uh, moisturizing skin? I mean. <laughs> well, honestly, I was just happy because I took a shower. Um, I know it sounds oh. really weird. Um, but, uh, my well went dry over at the house where I live in. And so I took advantage of mom having plumbing and, uh, and it was nice. So yeah, um, okay. I'm kind of a vagabond right now, but I, I have electricity and I do have water here. It's just not running water and I've got heat. So weird, weird conversation to just throw in the middle of your conversation. My apologies. Oh, no worries. Well, well we were talking about the Browns and, I don't know. I mean, I like the Browns. I like the Steelers, obviously, but I'm, I'm a little shocked. I mean, yeah, I could laugh and joke and talk uh, on, but I, I don't. Worry. I don't it's think big. John's. Um, sorry to interrupt, Chris, but I just yeah. want to point out. I don't think John's uh, sto- uh, story interrupted what we were talking about. If anything, it was just a metaphor for the Brown season, right? Yes, the well went dry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a wreck. What a wreck. I mean, and it was like a glorious wreck, a gloriously frustrating wreck. Like you ever see those, you know, videos where you have, you know, something, something fails, you know, and you see like teenagers biffing it on a playground or, or you see car wrecks or something like that. Like this was literally a giant segment of NFL fails, you know, hashtag NFL fails. That was could have just been filled up with brown stuff. Well, and I was telling Brandon right before he came on, you know, they're going to be hiring their ninth coach in 12 years. And, you know, we talked to NFL a lot, but, you know, you could compare it to business or hiring mm-hmm. a pastor or hiring a journalist or hiring a salesman or, or whatever you want to hire. How do you fail eight times in a row in hiring somebody? And again, hiring a head coach is different than hiring, you know, anything else we're talking about. But still, is it that different? I mean, if you try to hire eight, different people, aren't you bound to get one right? It's a law of averages. I mean, you probably should get six or seven right out of the eight, you know? Here's what I'm going to pose, and, and maybe you guys have already talked about this. My apologies, I was on the road, but uh, what if they already did get it right at one point, but because the culture is so toxic right. that they drove the r- right person away? I mean, exactly. th- that's a possibility. Now, I'm not saying they've had a whole bunch of gems, but could they have had people that would have worked out did Cleveland destroy potential um 
you know, as I look at different players throughout the years that have come and gone, I know that's been the case on the field. Um, just you see people that came and went. Some of them went on to great things elsewhere. Others who put up great numbers in college and even showed much promise, they tanked. Um, and and I don't know. I mean, you can't hardly sneeze in Cleveland without Cleveland fans calling for people's heads. And, uh, and yet at the same time, that doesn't exactly make a good environment for people who are qualified individuals to even show up and, and want to be a part of that. I, I don't know. It's just a big mess. But who do we blame for it? Because there's been tons of different coaches. There have been tons of different players. And I guess the only consistent guy is the owner, the Haslam's. Because who else has and been the, there the whole time? And the owner before that and the owner before that. And, I mean, I mean, let, let's just call it what it is. It's not even just the owners that uh, – you know that it's not just even the Haslam's. I mean, I, I saw this one video that uh, that you know the one the the type of videos that actually go over statistics and stuff. Man, it just I love how it boiled down. It was after that 0 16 season. Just said Cleveland is living in hell, and uh, even when you have a lot of right personnel, it's messed up. By the way, this is water. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that messed up about Cleveland sports. <laughs> He's drinking. Well, uh, well, you know, you know, Brandon, I feel like getting in trouble tonight. You know, it's kind of like you look at a place that culture. Um, I, I went to a newspaper in Crawford County to work at a little bit ago. And when I came there, the people who hired me talked about a bad culture there. <laughs> and, you know, I thought we had a good culture. Uh, we didn't leave because we were fired. I mean, we left because we found better opportunities other places. But, you, you know, I, I know it, it just shocks me that – and, John, you're right. Maybe the, the right guy was there, but the culture was bad. But it, it's stunning how not one person could change the culture in at least a little bit of a better way. I mean, it seems like a really weird – Bizarre snake bit franchise. So, yeah. Um, Brain, I'll start with you. Um, I, who would you like to have as coach? I'm not sure if you have names floating around. If you don't, what type of coach would you look for? A young guy, old guy, college guy, NFL guy? I mean, who would you pick if you were the um, guy picking the coach? You know, um, I would say if it, um, if I'm the Haslam's, uh, depending on how much. Um, um, involvement they have, I would just really le- leave it to like their general manager. I believe if it's still Dorsey, um, or whoever, if if it's someone else, you know, as long as it's something someone they can work with and someone they're comfortable with, um, you know, really just kind of keep hands off and really, but really stress. You know, we want to create, you know, a winning culture. I think that's so important right now. It's just like, you know, a team that knows how to lose, knows how to win. Um, um, and then, you know, you know, don't have to win out the season, but maybe, you know, <laughs> and, and as good as the Jets. Someone pointed out the Jets this season yeah. had a better record mm-hmm. than the Browns. Well, what Jets on are- earth. Just started the year one and seven. They ended up the year six and two. Uh, they may be a team on the rise next year. Now, it was interesting. Their coach got in the big argument with Le'Veon Bell, so their best running back may not be there anymore. But, you know, the Jets had a good end of the year. I mean, I don't know how to say it. And, well, you know, Brandon, you bring up a good question with um, 
GM John Dorsey, he kind of brought a lot of talent in. Uh, he brought in some guys with questionable reputations, kind of played a little bit. But now people are saying he might be gone. The Haslam's are upset because probably his worst mistake as GM was picking Freddie Kitchens. And, you know, there's some talk saying that based on whoever the head coach will be, you know, the Browns may not be that appealing of a job right now based on, John, what you said about the culture. So maybe one of the, uh, what do you call it, the nuggets you give a coach is saying, hey, help me bring in your own GM or you be the GM too. So yeah, I don't know, it's a shame. John, who are you picking? And don't uh, say Peyton Manning because he's Tennessee or. No, I'm not going to say Peyton Manning. You know, I'm not really sure. Um, the obvious Mike McCarthy comment comes to the mm-hmm. front of the service. I just want what I want is uh, someone who can actually bring order to that locker room and, and to that team. Um, I maybe it's just me, but I just got this sense that there is a lot of interference um, between the coach trying to organize and hold the players accountable and. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. There needs to be a lot more discipline. There needs to be whoever has to have experience and has to have winning experience coming in. That's that's hard to choose from, though. No, I don't I, see this college thing happen, though, personally. I, like, I don't know Lincoln Riley or some other NCAA guy. Um, that's just me. Well, the only, the only advantage that people could say about Lincoln Riley is if Baker Mayfield's your guy and you say Baker Mayfield could be saved. You know, he and Lincoln Riley had a good relationship, but you're banking everything on the fact that Lincoln Riley could talk some sense into Baker Mayfield, which may or may not happen. Who knows? Like we need someone who can actually take the take the bull by the horns. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and winning I, I, makes people happy. Well, and the other guy that the, you know was some talk about. It's interesting. I don't know if you remember John. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels. He's forty-three. He's a year or two behind us, and he was the starting quarterback. Brandon, I'm not sure if you knew this. Uh, he was the starting quarterback for the Camp McKinley Bulldogs up where John and I grew up at. And he was actually a year or two younger than us. Um, his dad was a well-known coach in the area. Um, coach for McKinley, also coach for uh, Warren Harding. Um, well, he's now the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. He's a relatively young guy. He's 43. Uh, he's worked with Tom Brady for a long time. People said he could come. I, I know. I think he'll be an interesting guy. The only issue I have with him, he was the head coach of the Broncos, and it kind of failed a little bit. He took a break to go to the Broncos before he went back to the Patriots. Um, so I'm not sure about him. John, I think I would tend to agree with you. I don't want to see the Browns do it because I think it would be smart. But I kind of like Mike McCarthy. I mean, he won the Super Bowl. Um, he ran a great offense with the Packers. I, I guess he and Aaron Rodgers were fighting, and that's what kind of led to him being fired a year ago. But, you know, hey, if, if you want a guy that's been there, done that, has done well, probably Mike McCarthy is your pick. I mean, that, that's at least yeah, a safe consideration. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or maybe one of us. Maybe we can submit our resumes and I'll be great. We need to have Brandon do it. Brandon, well, you, you'll be the voice of reason on this podcast. He could be the voice of reason with the Cleveland Browns, you know. Well, and I, I think the other thing, too, and you might say, oh, my goodness, a journalist from Central Ohio being their Browns head coach. Look, there is some type of a connection. The Haslam's recently bought the Columbus crew. 
And one of the crew many season ticket holders is Brandon. So right there. Maybe, yeah, oh, maybe gosh. maybe like the Haslam will say, Hey, we don't know what else to do. So we're gonna have a random draw of our season ticket holders. The lucky winner becomes our, the head coach of the Browns, and Brandon, it could be you. So at this point, and uh Brandon could bring some levity and balance to the organization, you know, like he does to us. So. Yeah. And it could be a Disney movie. You know, like, you know, <laughs> journalist becomes NFL head coach. And in the whole way, Brandon could be like, I don't really like football. I like soccer better. But, you know, <laughs> but his ideas win. Like, he uses some soccer ideas. Like, they kick the ball a lot. And, you know. We use a 4-3-2-1 formation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could do that on defense, and then lots of kicking, lots of field goals, punts. You punt on first down, you know, but, but it works out. It's, it's all, our, all our formations look like that we're going to punt, but we really don't punt, and then we get in trouble with the refs because I don't oh. know what I'm doing. And Brandon would move the Browns to Columbus to share a stadium with the new crew stadiums being built, and that'll be uh, great. I, I, that, that will happen when hell freezes over. Oh, okay. <laughs> And by then, no one would care. But right, right now, yeah. everyone would care. Right, right. Because you you want to mess up the new crew stand by the NFL team, right? Well, I would just say that the Haslam's will look so disingenuous for the Haslam's to do that after, oh, we saved the team from being re- relocated only to relocate Cleveland to Columbus. Although, market-wise... It would make sense in the long run since Columbus is on the upswing population-wise and mm-hmm. Cleveland and Cincy are going downhill. I mean, there's already talk of relocation for Cincy. but Yeah, it was, there's been some talk in the past couple of years that the um, you know, that the, Cleveland would move their training camp down the Columbus area. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, oh, man, if they ever did that, would there be ever a chance they would move the Browns to Columbus? Now, I, they probably have a deal to play in Cleveland for a long time, so I, I'm not saying it would happen like next year or anything, but you never know. Maybe down the road. It'd be hard to say. Merger. Bengals and Browns, worst of the worst. Bring it to Columbus. Don't just merge the two teams, you know, in the middle with, with geography. Merge the two teams, and uh, and that that's it. That's the deal right there, right? Well, well, okay, I didn't catch it. Who are we, who are we merging the Browns with? Bengals. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and here's how we get, come up with a new team team name. We'll take the first letter of the Browns, and then we'll take the um, other remaining letters from the Bengals, and we get Bengals. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds crazy, but actually, I think it was World War II. Uh, you know, the draft was taking all the guys out. Um, and I think at the time, the Steelers, which they were terrible back then, uh, they merged with the Eagles for a year or two because there literally wasn't enough players to play. It was like the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that could happen. Well, <laughs> all we need is a world war and the draft coming back. And then, hey, <laughs> uh, if only we could be so lucky. <laughs> so. Yeah. If only we could be lucky enough on our podcast. As yes. to create a world war, so we would have fodder for a discussion about our combined NFL team in Columbus. Yes. So everybody, before you go go to bed tonight, pray for world war. <laughs> Just <laughs> nothing, nothing better than that. So oh, happy, so right. happy we jumped on here tonight. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. happy to hear this. 
Well, not much to say. I wanted to mention a little bit about my, my team, the Steelers. They got killed yesterday. And, you know, it was interesting. They, all year they played so far down and they played over their heads and it was an amazing story. And then I think yesterday they were like, man, we're not that good. <laughs> and they played uh, because they played the Ravens like 10th string and they lost by 18. John, did you see any of that game? No. Well, <laughs> it ended up pretty much channel yesterday. I just, uh, well, I, I did see I did see a little bit of the Browns game. I didn't see much of anything else. I was over at a over at at friends at, at a couple of friends' house, and uh, I did get to see the tail end of the Browns. I didn't see anything else. It was just hanging out with Claire time, so and and friends and all that, you know. Yeah, well, well the Steelers were kind of I don't know how the game went. Was at the end of the game, they had a punt near the end zone where the guy fumbled the punt. And mm-hmm. kicked it backwards, and the, the Ravens recovered for a touchdown. And the next drive, Duck, their quarterback, um, threw an intentional ground for Brazilian zone to safety, and the, the Steelers got killed. So it was rough. So, yeah. Which started for, for, for the NFL's anniversary year, it's been a weird year. You know that? Oh. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, as soon as I had a chance to win the play, going to the playoffs, if they won, a couple other things happened. I'm glad it's done. I mean, it's been just a strange year. They, they played well for who they had, but eh, it, it's over. Wait till next year, I guess. Um, <laughs> wanted to mention this, John. I, I drug. I I kind of forced you to watch this guy growing up a little bit, Brandon. I don't know. Brandon, are you are you familiar with Don Imus at all? Uh, just only his his last and final controversy. Oh, with the Rutgers women's team, right? Yes. Yeah, kind of an interesting story, John. Remember, there's a time when I was trying to get you to watch Imus a little bit more. Yeah, that was back in the day. We had um, I was living in Salem. Yeah, and we had um. We had Tuesday morning Bible study. You, me, Sam Stiltner, whoever else had come, Dave Hamilton, whoever. And um, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning at Perkins in Canton, and I lived in Salem. And that's like, what, 45 minutes to an hour drive, something like that. And uh, yes, afterwards, we'd come to your place, hang out in that little man cave you had downstairs while you're – evil demon-possessed cat would attack me while I watched Don Imus. Yeah. You, you know, it was interesting. Um, I posted about this on Facebook over the weekend. You know, Don Imus died mm-hmm. 79. He had all kinds of issues. Um, You know, famous, iconic radio personality. It was kind of like the Howard Stern of that time. And, you know, I can't say I loved everything he said because, obviously, you know, Brandon brought it up. Um, he called uh, some Rutgers basketball players, very vulgar names that, you know, I, I will repeat here and everything. You know, it was interesting. He was one of the first shock jocks. Uh, one of the guys that just said whatever. And it's interesting. You don't have that culture today. You know, back then you could say crazy stuff and it was cool and everything was fine. You couldn't get away with it today. And I think part of the issue with Don Imus is, you know, 30 years ago, that type of talk was applauded. And now, I mean, you can't say it. And they didn't give Imus an excuse for saying it all. But I know it's kind of a different time. Um, 
Yeah, well, I don't know. He did a lot of uh, good charitable work and everything, but I don't know, Brandon. I think his career was kind of defined, unfortunately, by that Rutgers moment. It's interesting, um, you know, with um, how th- things have evolved over since then. I mean, uh, the cancel culture, um, whether you agree with it or not, I mean, uh, in a way, that was kind of like the early, early point of it. Um, though before social media came out. I mean, maybe that was always how it's been, I guess, before social media, because where, I mean, I remember I miss, uh, you know, he had, he had a civil rights leader. I'll sharpen on, you know, um, I'll sharpen really grilled him on his comments. And um, maybe also he had Jesse James on with him as well. Um, it was just kind of fascinating to see that on, see clips of it, at least on TV, on bro- regular broadcast channels. Um, who probably aired those clips. Um, obviously, he got fired from his program. Um, but now today, it's just like it happens all the time with Twitter. I think that's what fascinates me now. It's just like, you know, you tweet something um, insensitive um, and it could cost you your your career, I guess, uh, especially if you're a public face. Um and whether you agree with it or not, I just find that just find it fascinating how it's evolved over time. But since Don Imus has been, you know, succumbed to that fate, um, you know, we've also have seen other people, um, you know, following that that path um, over the years. I mean, when as the technologies evolved, with such as um, oh, the guy with uh, who used to be on Seinfeld, and he had like that whole episode with. Um, Stand up special. Sorry, what was that, John? Michael Richards, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Kramer. Yeah, Kramer. They got to play Kramer. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, what's her name? Dolly. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, she was the one who had that cooking special, um, cooking magazine. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> what's her name? Uh, she liked oh. butter. Not Dolly. Dolly, maybe? No, not Dolly. Polly? Yeah. No, no. Here, I'll, I'll look it up. Continue your But no, um, anyways, yeah, I mean, like, we've seen all these people kind of gotten in trouble. Um, and, you know, and to some degrees, I mean, like, the Kramer was really, the Kramer episode was really bad. Um, yeah, yeah Paula Dean. Mm-hmm. The Paula yeah. Dean, yeah, and then Paula Dean, well, Paula Dean was more than just admitting to using racially insensitive words. It was some other issues, I believe, that were also there. But no, um, I just, I'm more as an observer and just kind of someone who steps back and looks at it objectively. It's just kind of fascinating to see um, kind of like this, that, that trend there. And I think when, you know, and I think it all kind of came to a head, especially in 2016, when you had a president who really rallied against that, um, really rallied against that kind of, as he called it, political correctness. Um, whether he was referring to these specific accounts or not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, unless he's just talking in general terms. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, that I want, I'm curious to see if people connected those dots or not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and um, it's just kind of cur- interesting to see the kind of back and forth mm-hmm. exchanges of society in general. We kind of touched on that with the whole blackface issue, going back to the whole Mary Poppins thing, and and then no, 
no Julie Andrews stuff. I'm not trying to pull back that, but we actually already had addressed that because I know you, Chris, <laughs> and I know you, Brandon, and it's going to take only the slightest little thing, and you're going to want me to start salivating over Julie Andrews to try and get me all lathered up. Good night. You're, you're writing the script now, John. Yeah, I mean, you're so pretty much address this issue of you're writing the puns as we talk. It's great. I'm not even I had to lift the pinky for this. Well, we know a couple of I actually saw Julie Andrews as I watched Princess Diaries with my daughter here, like this morning. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Hey, daughter, I love this woman. She's amazing. Oh. Uh, she's 100 now. I don't care. She's awesome. She's a spoonful of sugar. No. See? Thank hey, you. I've got a public figure. Yeah, you know, John's taking the high road going, hey, guys, don't say anything bad. He uses the word lathered, spoonful of sugar. I mean, you know. <laughs> time. Oh, my. And we didn't say anything. It was like two against me. Imagine if you talk for the next hour and a half, well, like the words would be coming out. And we, it could just be him talking. <laughs> oh, it's just crazy. Well, well real quick on Imus, I, I think I need to mention this with Imus. The other weird thing that he was involved in, I don't know if you guys remember, um, you know, they had the National Correspondence Dinner, which is something that current president isn't allowing anymore, but Imus was a guest speaker when Bill Clinton was president. Mm -hmm. And Imus and Clinton were good friends. Uh, Imus made a couple jokes during the dinner about uh, Clinton being a womanizer in front of Clinton, and Hillary Clinton got mad, and ever since then, you know, they really didn't talk anymore, which was kind of weird. Um, but, you know, the thing I kind of felt was always fascinating about Imus is even though I didn't really agree with a lot of what he said, Fascinating guy. I thought he was pretty funny. Um, he had all these um, lots of people. John McCain. I love John McCain. Um, John McCain used to always be on the IMA show, and that, that's kind of got to know John McCain, and that was cool stuff. Um, you, the one memory I'll have, and we'll move on to our next thing, because I'm really looking forward to talking about our next stuff. Um, you, you know, it was interesting. Um, I just had this um, girl on, uh, this financial writer. He had a lot of authors on. And she talked about how she wrote a book about how you should live on $15 a day. And it was this big strategy for, you know, if you could only spend $15 a day, wouldn't you be so much better off in life and everything? So I just was looking at the book cover. You can see on TV during the interview. And he said, um, your book's retailed for 20 bucks. What's going on here? And, you know, he caught that interview ended like 15 seconds later and I mean, ever since then I'm like this guy's brilliant so kind of a brilliant guy but obviously very conflicted um yeah I, mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Howard Stern I mean you know Stern's a brilliant guy but you know Stern has said his fair share of crazy stuff too so oh rest in peace to Armas, I guess so um a lot of interesting talk about religion too he had a lot of um uh, priests and ministers on to talk about faith and, you know, didn't agree with his viewpoints, but it was a lot of fascinating conversations. So, well, I wanted to briefly talk about this. John, do you have a little bit more time? I'm going to do have an early morning tomorrow, but I know you guys do too. All right. You, let's start up this up in 10 minutes, all right? Mm -hmm. 
All right, <clears throat> Peloton. We got to talk about this again. And we better make it 10 minutes before I lose my voice. Um, all right, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Peloton commercial. Uh, the guy who bought his, I don't know if it was girlfriend, fiance, wife, a Peloton. And we got a big argument about what was happening. Uh, did you hear the big story of the weekend, guys? No, tell us about it, Chris. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. This guy is Sean Hunter. All right. And uh, he posted something on his um, uh, <clears throat> Instagram feed over weekend. And hang on a second as I pull it up. All right, this is Sean Hunter's real-life girlfriend. And what did he buy her? A freaking Peloton. Uh, he made the joke on his um, post saying, here's hoping this goes over better the second time. Merry Christmas, my actual girlfriend. Please don't leave me. Brandon, you joked at the beginning of the podcast about how you bought your wife a Peloton. And you said you quickly said, no, I didn't do that. What do you think after the controversial commercial, the guy actually bought his real girlfriend a, a Peloton? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Is he a crazy man? I'm sure she was in on the joke and loved it all, every bit of it. But um, you know, um, the moral of the story is, of course, with this whole debate and discussion is, you know, no, know your significant other. <laughs> um, you know. Um, I think people were more upset with the commercials assumptions or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, hey, props to this guy for taking advantage of it, and you know, uh, I'm sure uh, they both got a kick out of getting some attention on this on social media. Yeah, and it was interesting, Brandon, when this whole thing first started. Um, you know, Hunter was actually, I think, he won Good Morning America, and he was upset, like. Oh man, they're 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 killing me over this. This is you know, he got a lot of negative attention. But if you notice his Instagram handle, I'm assuming this is recently, it got changed to Peloton husband. So you know, like you said, maybe it's not as much of I'm getting killed for this, but hey, it's my 15 minutes of fame. Let me take advantage of it. Yeah, well, bad publicity in the long run. Um, you know. Um, own it. Take ownership of it. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's. It, I'm looking at the photo now and it's uh, It's just <laughs> I'm curious to see if they actually even use it. <laughs> so, John, a couple weeks ago, you were defending the Peloton and, and the Peloton husband. You're saying I would buy my loved ones all Pelotons, and <laughs> yeah, I, I really I love your uh, <laughs> no matter what they think. Uh, I love your ongoing tactic of putting <laughs> words in my mouth and then packing it down with a sh- snow shovel. No, what I was uh, what I was simply implying was we don't know that she didn't ask for a Peloton on that you know that 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 character. Um, it was kind of assumed that she didn't. And the guy was just a pig and he was saying, Hey, chubby wife, it's time you get on this thing. You know, it's just, yeah. Okay. In that case, that wouldn't be cool. Um, as far as this, this is a brilliant play. I mean, I love the way that, that he as a person is handling it. Um, I, I, 
I mean, assuming that they actually did buy a Peloton and this is real deal, um, what better way to handle people scrutinizing you than to play it off? It, it, it's great. Well, if we had to put money on it, Brandon's, you know, Brandon's probably right. You know, hey, it was it was a joke, you know, a good play on social media and everything. But let's play devil's advocate because that's what I like to do. So, you know, if he bought it for her, did he pay full price? Because if you think about it, if you just looked at the gift for your loved one as in a cost, I mean, I think these Pelotons run maybe 2000 bucks. You know, so hey, you know, anytime you spend two thousand bucks on a wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, you know, she is, that's great. But if he gave it to her realistically, do you think he got for free or a discount? Mm -hmm. So if he really gave it to her as a joke or, or not, should he get credit? Because I'm sure he didn't pay full sticker price since he was Peloton husband. I mean it's more likely than not. Um, um, and, you know, Peloton obviously be probably be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, take a bite. We'll give you one. <laughs> you know, um, put it on your Instagram. <laughs> Although technically Instagram does require, usually has some kind of rules on sponsorships and ads, but I don't know. There's probably workarounds. Who knows? Right. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I'm sure he – had to pay something. Otherwise, is it really a gift if you got it for free and then you gave it to someone? But mm -hmm. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's, if anything, I'm always curious if Peloton knew what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, let's let's get this husband getting. Come on, like so to see the pitch for this commercial in the first place. Oh, husband gets wife a Peloton. What could go wrong? What could go wrong with this picture? Um, you know, oh yeah, I'm sure every husband gets some their wife or significant other uh an exercise equipment. But like you said before, you can't buy this publicity. I mean, this is great. I mean, yeah, it's like Popeyes thing. I mean, yeah, how many times have we talked about Popeyes or everybody else in the media have? Peloton, man, I really know much about Peloton. I, the only time I've heard about Peloton was the Pelotonia bike race down here in Columbus, and now, I mean, Pel it's Peloton at all times. So, I mean, they can't buy this publicity. This is great. And, and honestly, stuff like this just helps out, you know, all the more. But, uh, I, it, it, yeah, they could probably give that to him, give them the membership, and it would be worth it to them, you know, to Peloton. Um, yeah, cheers to them. Well, and – and if you look at the Pelton husband's Instagram page, the guy's a model. I mean, good night. I mean, he's mm -hmm. there's like 50 pictures of him posing and you know all the summer stuff. So, man, I mean, Pelton husband could become the hottest male actor of our next decade. This could be his big break. You heard it, Brandon. Chris thinks that guy's hot. <laughs> I'm saying I'm not Julie Andrews anymore, but. I'm saying for those who are interested, hey, it's the Peloton guy. Well, I mean, if you look at somebody's Instagram or Facebook, you know, you quickly find out more about them. You know, for me, I'm boring. You know? But if you look at Peloton husband, I mean, good night. Look at this. I mean, if you scroll for this page, it's like shot after 
the, the guy's trying to be a beefcake. My goodness. So I don't well, know. I mean, honestly, it, it looks like it's part of his career. So, um, you know, good for him. <laughs> good for Peloton husband. So. Good for Peloton husband. Good for, I mean, th- does he even need a Peloton? You know, does she? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking at her Instagram, and I don't recommend it, but she's in good shape. She does not need a Peloton. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was curious, that. like, who are these people? <laughs> you know, is she a model? Is John, for accountability purposes, uh, all three of us are going to have to look at each other's Instagram follow pages over next week. And if (laughs) suddenly Peloton girlfriend gets a couple more likes, we'll we'll know why. No, I'm I'm, I'm good with Julie Andrews, buddy. (laughs) Yes. Probably safer. Instagram page looks like. Bunch of Geritol cans. um, (laughs) What? <laughs> they're models. I think you know they're actors, probably who do commercials and live yeah. a good life in LA. For all I know, mm-hmm. right? But what I'm saying is, you know, Julie Andrews isn't posting beefcake shots now. It's probably you know what she's eating, you know, at night and the pills she takes. You know, <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> wow, I'm just gonna say wow. <laughs> if you're gonna say something about her, and it's gonna be really poorly timed. Hey, I mean, you know, Instagram. You hit a certain age, you have to start taking pills. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm, I'll probably be there next two years. I mean, hey, no worries. So, all right. Well, hey, hmm. we're about that witching hour. Anything, anything else anybody needs to bring up before we close for the night? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a great year. Guys, this is our last World of Pew for the decade. What about that? Wow. What oh, a yeah. strange ride it's been. It's been a great decade. <laughs> I remember the all the good shows the last it's 10 years. It's not even a decade, well, guys. We'll save it for next oh, week's podcast, but we should talk about how the real decade ends next, next year, the end of yes. next year. Uh, okay. Good job, Brandon. There we go. So, there we go. I'm going. I'm going. Okay, millennials on this one because it's so, All right. the oh the year uh year um the first century or the first decade did not start year one or year zero. Excuse me. So just saying. <laughs> Very nice. Well, it, it, we're also going to have to have. Um, I'm going to try to put together a post. I got a couple days off at the end of the year. I uh, wanted to do a post of, like, the top five podcasts of the year. So I'll, I'll be sure to share that. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit uh, next week. Um, it was interesting. Um, shared some best ofs. Got a lot of good reaction. Um, uh, we shared the special needs. Uh, I had an interview one of the times where you guys weren't able to come. And then we also shared the glorious podcast where we introduced Julie Andrews to everybody and, and John's love. So, yeah, you can definitely check that out if you – if you're out there going, why is this man in love with Julie Andrews? Well, a week ago, we posted the best of. Listen to that, and you'll find out why. So that'll be great. Well, as always, guys, thanks for hanging out. I uh, know it's, it was kind of a crazy night with the end of the year, but thanks for stopping by. And, hey, next Monday, let's do it again.
Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, have a good one. Yep. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.